Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Jar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. Oh, I don't, I don't care. You know, whatever I need to do. Um, you know, I've been on teams where I've thrown it 20 times a game. I've been on teams where I've thrown it 60 times a game. You know, whatever, whatever we need to do, um, I'm willing to do. That is Gardner Minshew, Jaguars quarterback. Uh, he's been throwing it quite a bit, through 49 times. Sunday against Houston. You know, it's interesting. If you go back to last week's show, when I gave you the numbers on Russell Wilson and Gardner Minshew through 16 career starts, one of the notes I made when we were talking about those numbers is the completion percentage was somewhere similar. I want to say it was like 64% for both guys. Russell Wilson might have had a notch above by like a half a percent or something. Uh, but the amount of throws that Gardner Minshew had made in 16 games, and I at the time attributed to, hey, it's just kind of the way the NFL is going now. And, of course, Seattle had the running game, and they had a good defense, and so they weren't asking to do too much. But it does bring you back to that conversation. Again, I'm not, I'm not here to compare the two. It's just reminds me of if Gardner Minshew's throwing it in his first 16 games 200 more times than Russell Wilson threw it his rookie year, so his first 16 games. Are we asking Gardner Minshew to do too much? You know, are you bringing... It's pretty amazing, actually. He hasn't turned the football over more via the interception. Uh, has turned it over fumble-wise. He's cleaned that up for the most part, but had a hiccup with that a couple times already this year. There's two of them uh, that he's had. So I think... Uh, the question of, is he doing too much? Are they asking him to do too much? Is a fair one. If you look at Gardner Minshew right now, and I'm a believer in Minshew, I think I've said this multiple times. The only way I can uh, kind of classify it right now fully is that I think Gardner Minshew is a starting quarterback in the NFL. I really do. I think he can win games with him. I think uh, he's proven that he can play the game and play it at a pretty good level, and, and you can win with him. What he hasn't proven, and we don't know this yet, and maybe the answer because we don't know it yet is he can't. That's fair. Uh, although is 16, 17 games enough? I don't know. But can he elevate you to the point where you need to be elevated, where you want to be elevated with the Mahomeses and Wilsons and Bradys and Mannings uh, through the years and all those guys that, that are obviously lifting their teams up and, and almost carrying their team at times, or at least elevating the play when need be. When your defense has a bad day, can can the quarterback go score 35 and outscore him? Russell Wilson has proven he can do that, right? Quarterbacks around the NFL have proven they can do that. To be in the elite category, you have to be able to do that. Uh, I don't think you can rely on having everything perfect around you to be a, an elite, above-average kind of the guy for your franchise. And if you need all that, it's nice to have it. Like I think you can make the case right now Ryan Tannehill is that. Tannehill is performing excellent. Look at his numbers. There, somebody had the tweet today. It's better than Mahomes in the last uh, 14 games. They're 11 and three. He's got more touchdowns, less interceptions than Mahomes. Better quarterback rating. He's playing great. But he also does have right now a defense that's pretty strong and solid. A running game that's a bell cow to go to. They're winning football games, so a lot of things are going right. Come back to me when Tennessee is giving up 30 a game, and and let me know if Tannehill is scoring 32, 34, 35 a game. You know, that, that's that's what we're saying. That's the that's the elite quarterback, right? And and again, Tannehill's playing very good football, and he's, and he's earning his money, and they've made a smart decision in their system. He's playing great. And I'm not saying he can't do that. 
because he's already proven me wrong to this point. Maybe he can. But I do think there are levels of this. You know, Russell Wilson early in his career, there were still doubts about Russell Wilson. I know some people, there were arguments. I remember him three years in, four years in, because he had the great defense. He had Marshawn Lynch. He was in this good situation. Well, the answer to that question has been solved in the last five years because Wilson lost Richard Sherman and these great defensive players. And he had to do everything. He had no offensive line. He had no weapons. And so he's elevated it. Tom Brady's one with great players and he's one with receivers that you'd have to go look up in the program. Yeah. You know, so somewhere in between. And I still think it's unfair to ask every quarterback that comes into every franchise to be Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers and, and Peyton Manning. That is the ultimate quest. That's what you're looking for. But if that's the measuring stick, you're going to fall short nine out of ten times. No, I hear you. But to me, the measuring stick is also game winning drives. And last year, Ryan Tano, I think he had three game winning drives and he didn't start till week seven. Right. So yeah. like to me, that says something about the type of quarterback he is. He's had two game winning drives already this season. Yeah. Like, I understand what you're saying where the defense is playing, you know, pretty well. They have a great run game. Absolutely. But at the end of the at the end of the day, you still have to have that clutch quarterback. You have to have that guy that has that moxie. And I know we don't like giving the Tennessee Titans a lot of credit, but Ryan Tannehill, the the past, you know, season and a half now, if you want to count that, um, he's had that moxie and he's been clutch in terms of winning ball games and creating those game winning drafts. On the list of problems for the Jacksonville Jaguars right now. And the list of deficiencies at why you're losing football games, why you're one and four. Where is Gardner Minshew? Well, like, I mean, you have to be more specific. Like, what, what would he? Well, where does he? It? Like, why are they losing games? Like, around here. Like, what the, grade would I give him? No, uh, okay. around here, the reason the Jags have stunk, okay, yeah, is because Blaine Gabbert, Blake Bortles, sure, uh. Maybe Nick Foles when he went in there for a couple of games. But when Chad Henney would play, mm-hmm. right? Name your quarterback. Yeah. They've stunk because, well, mostly because of that. Also a defense. I mean, last year was a defense Absolutely. As well. They've yeah, had other on. parts. But reason number one would be start with the quarterback. Okay. Yeah. It always comes so, down to wins and losses for the quarterback. I know that. But I don't think Gardner Minshew on the top of the list at why the Jags are one and four. That's my point. Okay. I don't think so. Maybe yeah. you do. No, no. Obviously, I don't think so. I mean, it, listen, I, I think Gardner Minshew has played some pretty good football. Yes, he's made some mistakes, but we've talked about it before. He doesn't have anybody backing him up. He doesn't have the help of a special teams. He doesn't have the help um, of a defense. And unless your name is Patrick Mahomes or Russell Wilson, it's hard to overcome those kind of you know negative factors. And unfortunately, going into your second year, um, he can't overcome those things. Not saying he should, because I don't think anybody really could right now with how this defense is playing. So no, it's not it's not Gardner Minshew's fault. But at the same time, when the season's done, I think you evaluate what the quarterback position is. You're going to tie to wins and losses, and obviously, it's probably going to be more losses right now than wins for Gardner Minshew. Yeah, and, and so. Are like because I think about it like, hey, would Ryan Tannehill be three and three, four and one, two and three with this Jags team right now? Like I don't know. Would what would Deshaun Watson be with this team right now? Maybe he'd be, you know, three and two. I I don't know. Uh, three and three would be hard to be because they've only played five games. Yeah, but uh, be impressive. Uh, you know, that's kind of where the like, kind of like what Fitz said, Jason Fitz said to us yesterday. It's yeah. like, okay, if you're down two touchdowns in New England, who who can lead you back? Do you have comfort that Derek Carr can lead you back? Well, here's the deal. Like to answer, I thought about that a lot more, right? And Gardner Minshew's had three, four fourth quarter comebacks 
in his short career already. Derek Carr has beaten New Orleans, and he's just beat Kansas City. Uh, I, I don't know if he had to do it coming back 14. I mean, that's so circumstantial. I get his point. Like, I understand his point. Uh, but still, uh, 14 points down the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick, I'm still only giving you, like, three guys that I have a lot of faith in sure, yeah. <laughs> in the NFL. So if our measuring stick is three guys – and that's it. Well, then it, we're always going to be looking for that guy unless you get super lucky. Well, and listen, and that's why or you're always trying Trevor. to. Well, that's what, but that's <laughs> that's the point, though, Brent. It only it probably only has like three guys that you would pick to, for those game winning drives. And that's why the quarterback carousel is always going on in the NFL, because yeah. everyone's trying to find those three guys. Everyone's trying to find those outliers that can say, you know what, even if we have a, a mediocre defense, even if our special team is laying us down, or even if we have adversity with injuries and things like that, we still have the quarterback that we can rally behind and win ball games. And that's why the quarterback carousel is the way it is. Sean, we're going to bring up your question uh, from right before the break in just a moment. But I just asked everybody, really the, the purpose of this segment on Minshew, is simply are they asking him to do too much? I mean, the guy is 18 game, 18 starts going Detroit into his career. He's still 24 years old. It's weird, right? He doesn't feel like he's a super young guy to me. You know, like no. when, when Gabbert was around, even Bortles was around, he felt so green and raw yeah. that it felt like they were young, young quarterbacks for yeah. a while. Minshew doesn't feel like that. He's got a mustache. Yeah, it does. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it might, yeah. must be. Yeah, yeah. But he doesn't feel like that super – like if you had Justin Herbert here, you'd be like, well, he's a really young quarterback. So like a couple of the mistakes, if he does make them or if he struggles, be like super young, super young. Uh, Minshew doesn't feel that way to me, mm. but he is. <laughs> the, the reality is he is. He, sure. He's played a shade more than a season in the NFL. Um, are they asking him to do too much? Whether it's forty-nine passes or whether it's thirty-eight passes, no. is he? Are they asking this guy right now, in this point of his career, to carry too much freight? Listen, I think if you put the the workload of forty-nine passes for a game with any quarterback, that's going to be too much. Obviously, we've just put, we've gone over that. You gotta you gotta find that balance. You gotta be able to run the ball a little more. I'm from the philosophy, especially at the quarterback position. Too much is given, much is tested. Okay, and I like to think that Doug Marone. Um, being in the league for a while now, and Jay Gruden obviously being the offensive, you know, mastermind that he's been the past, almost seems like decade now. I'd like to think that they wouldn't set Gardner Minshew up to fail. I don't think they would do that because that means that their own jobs are on the line. So I think if anybody has a gauge of, you know, if they're giving Gardner Minshew too much, it would be Doug Marone, it would be Jay Gruden. So I don't think they're giving Gardner Minshew too much. I think this is the NFL, and this is the most cutthroat business that there is. And when you're asked to be the quarterback, there's a double standard of, of how much you play. For instance, like, look at Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins was what? A first-round pick last year, right? Played how many games? And now he's benched already? Like, if you were to draft a defensive end, a defensive tackle in that spot, it doesn't matter how bad they are. They're still going to be playing, man, because yeah. you, you want to try to squeeze every amount of you know first-round draft pick out of that guy. But the quarterback is a double standard. It is the outlier. So with that being said, it's not too much because they truly got to see what they have in Gardner Minshew because it's not only about this season, but it's about the seasons going forward as well. Yeah, I I, I actually agree with you. <laughs> wow. Hey, yeah. make that a button. Yeah. yeah. I don't like that. That's bad radio. Wow. Let's yell at each other. Yeah. Do you have anything um, else that's nice to say about me, or is that it? That's it. Okay. Wait till we get into microwavable pizza or not. Now we're um, easy. I, I really, I like what you just said there, though. This is Gardner Minshew's year, mm-hmm. okay? This is the quarterback in today's football, whether it's Kyle Trask, whether it's Walter Simmons III at Oakleaf High School, mm-hmm. or whether it's Gardner Minshew upcoming to be Trevor Lawrence, Trey Lance, all of these guys. You... 
you have to be able to let it ride with them. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, it doesn't matter much anymore how young you are. Lamar Jackson in his second year. Mahomes in his second year. These guys are MVPs. Russell Wilson had success early. Mm-hmm. Kylo Murray's having some success. Uh, he's got to win games to be in that category, sure. but he can trend toward that way. Um, it's an old guy game. I still think you max out in your, your wisdom, uh, maybe older, like in your 30s, about playing the quarterback position. You learn and evolve so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, how much better Russell Wilson is right now and in the last couple of years versus the first three years is light years away. Absolutely. Right? And so, but the bottom line is we asked the quarterback to do a lot. And based on experience here in Jacksonville, when you have to ask your quarterback to do less, it means you don't have one. Mm-hmm. So, again, this is a guy that, that died on a Bortles Hill for a long time. <laughs> There's not enough around him, man. you got to do more. you got to play action. you got to run. He's not built to throw it all these times. We had the metric where if he threw it over 28 times, shoot, man, you're dead. Like It, it wasn't going to be good. Well, that's playing to deficiencies. Sir, everybody's got weaknesses and strengths, but that's like that's too much. You can't do that. The game changes every week. That position is more important than it's ever been, and it's always been important. Mm-hmm. And so if this is Gardner Minshew's year, yeah, he's young. Yeah, I think he has a long way to go in terms of gaining experience and, and wisdom at the position. And I do think he's going to get better. I've already told you I think he's a starting quarterback. Well, we're trying to find out if he could be a franchise quarterback in Jacksonville to to elevate you and win you games for years to come and, and bring championships. We don't know that. Mm-hmm. But throw everything at him. Smart guy, can handle it mentally, it looks like. Throw everything at him, put it on his plate, and see if he's the guy. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, this is one time I don't feel in covering the Jaguars that there's not a lot around him. I think they have plenty around him. I think they have a pretty good offensive line. Mm-hmm. I think they got themselves an all, uh, a Pro Bowl tight end who's so far through the first third of the year stayed healthy. Now, they yeah. haven't used him a bunch. I'm yeah. not saying he's Travis Kelsey, but they still have that position is performing somewhat better it's than it's okay. been. It's, yeah, it's yeah. okay. I know. Yeah. It's not. They don't have Kyle Pitts and all no, these other guys in there. Maybe they do someday. Their receivers, a lot of people would take. Absolutely. How could They're you not? running back. Nobody would take, but now you would after better a month respect in. Him. Better believe it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right? So... I can't come up with too many excuses for Minshew other than the defense. That's yeah. why I think the real, the the interesting thing about this season, and while it's all about Minshew, and you say wins and loss are going to come into play, and I get it, because wins and loss are going to put you in a position to maybe draft another quarterback well, or not. And once again, that's Dwayne Haskins, how it's panned out for him right now. Exactly. Uh, but I believe their defense is so bad. <laughs> at times, that it almost puts Gardner in an impossible position. I think it's less about Jay Gruden putting him in a tough spot than it is more about their defense putting him in the offense in a tough spot. And that changed last week, in fact, because I think the defense did enough to put Gardner in this offense in a good position, and they failed. Mm -hmm. They didn't do well. So Gardner's got to deliver in that time. I mean, their offense has to deliver in that stretch, and they didn't. And I don't know how many opportunities they're going to get in games like that, where they have a chance to kind of dictate play. Uh, so I don't think they're doing too much with Gardner Minshew. Yes, in, a, in the in the grand scheme of things, I, I'm still critical of Jay Gruden because I don't think they run the ball enough. Yeah. Like they 13 carries for Robinson isn't enough. 
too many throws is absolutely 49. Well, don't get behind Mm -hmm. and hand the ball off more. And then that shrinks down to maybe 37, 38 passes. And that's probably a perfect plan. And you know what? If Gardner's going to throw it 30 this week because they're going to run it 30 times because Detroit's not great against the run, that's fine, too. You know, but you've got if you're going to be the guy, you've got to be able to kind of what Gardner said at the top of this segment. I've played in offenses where I've thrown it 50 times and I've thrown it 20 times and we've been successful. Well, that's the nature of the NFL. Games vary. Sometimes you get in shootouts. Sometimes you get in these close games. We're we're raving about the efficiency of this offense in week one. They only had 49 plays. Gardner did a good job. The next week, they had like 75 plays. You know what? Gardner did a pretty good job outside of the bad sack and, and the turnover that at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. So he proved that he can win in different styles or at least play well in different styles. Uh, so I don't think they're throwing too much on his plate. In fact, I think that's part of the test. Part of the test is, can this guy handle it? Can he handle all this on his shoulders and help lead us there? Because guess what? If he can't, and we're saying, no, you're putting too much on him, then we've got our answer. He's not the guy. Yeah, and and you're absolutely right. And then that's the thing about it, Brent, where we don't know what this coaching staff is going to be next year. We have no idea right now. But I will tell you this. If Jay Gruden, you know, somehow sticks on this team and maybe becomes the head coach, I want Jay Gruden to know, you know what, I threw everything that I could at Gardner Minshew to get the proper evaluation out of him, and here's where we are with him. And whether he's the man or not going forward, so be it. But I want Jay Gruden to feel like, you know what, I got the proper evaluation. I'll make the decisions from here. Assuming, once again, that, you know, he stays on the Jaguars, maybe becomes a head coach, whatever. I mean, there's a lot of theoretics right now. But I do agree in the fact that the defense right now is doing Gardner Minshew no favors. And to me, that's... That's a frustrating part of me because I remember back in 2011, we had we had a top 10 defense. Well, our defense was pretty dang good. Now we didn't get to the quarterback as much as we wanted to, but as far as bending or not breaking, we are the definition of bending and not breaking back in 2011. And you had a pretty solid run game, obviously, with Maurice Jones-Drew, but our passing game could not get it done. All right, and it, it put us behind the eight ball because we were go. It was going three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. All right, defense back on the field, and that wears and tears on you after a while. I sense the same things happening right now with the defense in terms of helping the offense out. And while, yes, Gardner Minshew, he does have the weapons around him. I think he does have the right play caller. He has the running game, and he has the offensive line. That's that's really the, it's really the first time in Jaguars history in the past maybe 10, 11, 12 years where we can say that about this team, where they have everything, they have all the components to have a successful offense and for a quarterback to be great. So... Yes, Gardner Minshew does have to do great. He's got to perform and everything. But I just can't stand the fact that he's not getting help from the other phases of football in terms of special teams and in defense. Because at the end of the day, I know how much of a deal that can make. And I guess what pains me a little bit and what makes me fearful is that after week you know, 16, week 17, we're sitting here talking about the season, reevaluating, and it's like... Well, so is he the guy or not? Like, I don't want to have that conversation. Because right, the answer will be no other than that. Yeah, true. Most but, likely. Exactly. But I don't want to see the stats. And I've said it before, and I don't want to contradict myself here. Wins and losses are the most important thing. But I don't want to see a guy throw for all these yards, finish, you know, top five in terms of touchdowns and all this stuff. And all of a sudden we're saying, well... I guess he's not really the guy, is he? Like, I, I want to know for sure. Yeah. And to me, the only way to know, like, wholeheartedly for sure is if the defense plays better. Yeah, and I think uh, 
Yeah, I think they do need to give him a little bit of a chance. You know, the, the, what you just said is interesting because I went back. I'm like, it didn't feel good. Their offense to me was to blame in that game. They didn't do enough. And then if you look at their second quarter, they go down and they score a touchdown. And then they end up down 10 to 7. And then they drive again. It's another 12-play drive late in the second quarter. And it, it stalls, mm-hmm. but they try a 24-yard field goal, and they miss. You know what? By the way, not every drive results in a touchdown. Maybe Tennessee's did last night, but not every. So sure. now you're 10-10. Yeah. Well, then they pick off Watson, and they miss the field goal. So it, it at the very least, I don't know if the pickoff of Watson happens if they don't miss the field goal. You never know. But at the very least, it could have been 10-10 going to halftime or 13-10. Totally different ball game. Do you go for it on fourth and one in the third? Probably not. So special teams and defense have impacted, I think, decision-making, flow of the game, maybe how much you would run, how bad at times maybe Minshew is looking. Um, and I, it's not the only reason because he can play better. Yes. I think he can play better. I don't know if he's doing enough. No, no for sure. And, and my eye test says – I think he's the first one to tell you that. My eye test says – well, of course, he'd say it. I mean, you yeah, got to yeah, say it. Yeah. But the eye test says – He's. I'm hearing too many times from analysts he's not hitting receivers quick enough. Mm. I take you back to the DJ Chark touchdown from two weeks ago where he drags his feet against Cincinnati. Yeah. That ball should have been th- – I'm like a – I'm a novice at quarterbacking, okay? Yeah. And that ball should have been thrown two seconds earlier. And he almost – I looked like he threw it into the fifth row when it left his hands. But it wasn't good timing. Like every quarterback throws that earlier. Mm-hmm. Like he's got to throw that earlier. Well, you're starting to hear that more. Had him open. Throw it. Throw it. Throw it. Why is he waiting? Okay. And then there's this antsy look sometimes in the pocket. Like things start speeding up. Why? Is that Minshew? Is that young quarterback not seeing everything? Afraid to make mistakes? I don't know. I don't know the answers. But that's my eyes are telling me. The analysts are telling me, hey, he's a little late with the ball sometimes. My eyes are telling me it looks like things are speeding up on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. So forget about the numbers. Other than wins and losses. And I, that's where I'm like confused on Gardner Minshew right now. It's more the look of it when they do struggle or in big spots. I just don't know if he's doing enough. Uh, Numbers wise, I'll stack him up against a lot of pretty darn good quarterbacks. I mean, the numbers are not going to be bad for Gardner Minshew unless all of a sudden they turn. Mm -hmm. They're pretty good. The eye test is a little confusing at times, and it would look and feel a lot better with another win or two. No, without a doubt. Like at the end of the day, you, you can sit back here and watch film, and you can break it down and say, all right, maybe he hesitated here, he hesitated here. Well, that was a good play, got out of the pocket. Um, you know, He kept the play alive, extended the drive, all this stuff. But at the end of the day, wins and losses, it's, it's 2020 vision, man. All right, And, yeah. and, 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 and that, that's the clearest thing of the day when it comes to the quarterback. So... I've been very adamant about it. I think that if you keep proceeding to lose games, I don't think it really matters the numbers that you put up. The beauty of it is for Gardner is he's got 11 more chances, mm-hmm. um, but he's got to get going here. You know, he's got to get going. There's pressure on him to perform. The other interesting thing is if they end up with like the fourth or fifth or sixth pick and the two quarterbacks are off the board, yeah. where does that leave Jacksonville? With well, a guy that threw for 4,000 yards and maybe 28 touchdowns and 12 picks? Yeah. Do they just build around him? 
Do well, they even make it better? And that's the question that our caller had, right? Was like, you know, if you go away from Minshew, where do you go next? And it could be very feasible right now that Fields and Lawrence are both gone off the board by the time the Jaguars pick. And if that's the case, then I think it's only one guy left in the draft that you'd really want to take a chance on, and that's Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. Now, obviously, I'm a little biased because I know a lot of guys that coach there. I, I've heard about Trey Lance. I, I've heard them compare Trey Lance to Carson Wentz, but by the way, Carson Wentz right now, you know, know. It, it is what it is. So, Trey Lance, I yeah. want to spray the yeah, rain exactly. can at the ants. And, and, and it does make me a little nervous with Trey Lance as well, the fact that he's only playing one college football game this year, yeah. right? So he's going to be behind the ball a, a little bit there. In a scripted game that he didn't even look that good. Yeah, so the, the, there is a little hesitation there with Trey Lance. The other option can be in free agency, but once again, how has free agency in Jacksonville worked out lately? Not too well. So, yeah, I mean, obviously it depends where you finish in the draft. It depends how many wins you accumulate for the rest of the season. But I think that if it's only going to be Trey Lance and nobody else, you might see Minshew. For, I mean, what else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I don't know any big bridge and quarterbacks that are out there, but do you take a well, chance I on mean, that? Well, I mean, Dak could be available, whatever. Well, but Yeah, I think Dak will get locked up. And listen, here's the deal. Uh, and Sean asked the question, to your point. What, what he said, and take Minshew out, take anybody out of it. What he was trying to talk about is, like, what kind of command do you want in your quarterback? Like, oh, that's, who, that was the question. Right? Yeah, like, you're right. who does, like, obviously Peyton Manning, he was a, he, he was a conductor at the line of scrimmage, yeah. right? Well, very few play the position like that. You know, I'm trying to think of another guy. Like, I don't even think Russell Wilson doesn't impress me at the line of scrimmage. Like, I, I don't know what he does at the line of scrimmage. I see him doing Mike, Mike. Yeah. You know, maybe, everybody maybe, does that. I'd say Rogers maybe a little bit every once in a maybe, while. Because, like, Rogers goes off his own script sometimes and doesn't listen to the calls. Well, so you don't want that, though, because you don't, people don't want freelance. You don't know what you're getting with a freelancer. Sure. Un- unless you know he's very good at it. Yeah. Uh, like, to me, Brady's interesting, right? Because Brady will always – he was like Mike, Mike, Mike – you know, point the Mike linebacker, everybody does that, you know, whatever. But in his mind, he had already eliminated a couple of options mm-hmm. before snap. Like, somebody told me one time, I always repeat it, it's like pre-snap, he's brilliant. He doesn't look like Manning looks yeah. at the line. Like, Manning looks like he's conducting an or- orchestra. Mm-hmm. But Brady will eliminate out of four options, he's already – by the time he snapped the ball, he's got two. Mm-hmm. And so, bam, bam, make the decision. But he beat you with his brain, and he beat you with his mind and the knowledge of the game. Sure. Right? So, I guess to answer Sean's question, that's what I look at it when I see a guy up there at the line of scrimmage. When I see my quarterback who has command of something. Yeah. Uh, but I think that comes with time. Like, I, I don't know if you can do that. Like, listen, Herbert's playing well. He doesn't exude that. Joe Burrow's playing well. He doesn't exude that. Josh mm-hmm. Allen's playing the best football he's ever played. I don't see that in him. Mm. Like, I, So I don't know what that looks like. Sure, yeah. I mean, it's. I guess the interview process, you could maybe gauge a little bit of that. But I'll, I'll be honest. Like, if, if, if it's me and it was, it was Josh's question, I'm sorry, what was the guy's name? I, I totally messed Sean. Sean, my bad, Sean. Hello. Um, to answer Sean's question, like, what, what do you look for in a quarterback then? For me, it's pretty simple. Like, I think these days, and it's no disrespect, like, but I think, like, Jared Goff, I think Patrick Mahomes a little bit, like, yeah, they're, they're, they're innovators and then they're great passers, but like, it's also, you're kind of at the mercy of what the, the, the coach calls, right? Like, the, these are very quarterback friendly offenses right now that we find ourselves in with the NFL. And I think that when you have a very quarterback friendly offense where it's obviously short passes, play action, set up the long ball, like, 
What I'm looking for out of a quarterback is the dual threatness. Now, I'm not saying I need a quarterback that can run like a 4-3, like a Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Escapability. But, but you need escapability and a quarterback that can every once in a while threaten you with his legs, yeah. a la Russell Wilson, Danny, he'll a la last Josh time. Allen, a la Aaron Rodgers. Like, they all have that in common. And I think that's where the game is going. I've said it many times before. And I think the game is going towards that dual threat look where if you're a defense, you have to be super mindful because the quarterback can take off at any second. I don't know if we're answering Sean's question. I, I would sum it up like What's this. What's I'm looking for? Well, I, I know. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, I don't know what he's looking for in terms of oh, an answer. Okay. But what I would say is I want my quarterback to look like the game is slow. Mm. You know? Yeah. Like Mahomes, the game doesn't look fast. Mm. Russell Wilson looks like he's playing in slow motion and everybody else is running fast. Mm. Right now, Gardner Minshew, to me, looks like he's playing a little electronic football and he's one of those guys sped up. <laughs> you know? Sure. And, and again, that's part of the curve. Like, that's yeah. part of it. There's a lot going on. It's the hardest position to play in sports. I, I respect that. Mm-hmm. But I want my quarterback to have such an understanding and coolness and calmness that it all looks slow. Yeah. The good players in sports, man, the game looks slow. From Aaron Donald to you name it. Mm-hmm. You know, baseball, to LeBron, the game is so much slower for those guys than it is for others. Mm. It's an unteachable trade, I believe. Yeah. But you'll want to fight. And uh, the sooner that happens in Jacksonville, I think the better off they'll be at the quarterback spot. And maybe it is Gardner Minshew. I don't know. Uh, we'll see. Uh, more on the quarterback talk. Uh, we have kind of a tr- a little thought about the draft. Uh, not going to go draft talk, but just like it came up. So I want to at least mention it. And uh, Stevens on the line. We'll get to him more on Minshew uh, in that regard. Plus the latest on Florida and LSU and what it means for the rest of college football. On the way on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. It's, it's, there's three islands, and it can be very nice and lucrative, by the way. You could be a huge winner, but you could be a huge loser, too. You might not have a boat to get home. Austin Lane. Well, I like that now. I love that analogy. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You know, coaches sometimes say things that um, are outside their their area of expertise. You know, they're really good at what they do. Dan is really good calling ball plays. I'll share a story with you. I mentioned Dr. Mike Lazardo earlier. I had a conversation with him yesterday, and and uh, he he said, hey, um, since Coach Mullen is now getting into public health policy, I want to know can I call some plays? So um, I told him I'd make a deal that going forward, Dan will focus on calling plays, and we'll let Dr. Lazardo focus on the public health policy. That is Scott Strickland. Florida Gators athletic director. I, I, I bragged about him on Twitter a little bit. I bragged about him on uh, the top of the show when we told you a little bit more about the Gators and LSU game getting canceled. Really the big story of the day in college football and here locally. The Gators won't play on Saturday. Move to December 12th if you're just jumping in on that news. And I'm not a Gator at all. Um, not an old, not a hurricane, not a bulldog. I'm a Rhode Island Ram. You're a, you're a, you're an Ashland Eagle. Yeah, there you go. Rhode Island Ram, Ashland Eagle, mm-hmm. Providence Friar. There are a lot of Rams in Rhode Island. Football. Don't lie. There's not, is there? No, I don't understand that one. It's real alliteration, I bet. That's a good call. It's got to be. Should have been kind like of the a cool mascot, though. No, it's, it's, I'm not going to lie. It's pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say something else, but I was sore. So, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. You know what? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, no, it's cool. But like, do you have the roost? Do you have roosters you in know, Rhode Island? Roosters, I think, would have been a pretty good one. I think there's some rooster history in Rhode Island. Really? Yep, because I feel like it was an old team named the Roosters. Like whether it was like an old old hockey team, yeah, or baseball team. I, I feel like there was. I but mean, that might have been alliteration too. Well, true. I mean, but go ahead. Every and like, state has roosters. Listen, I don't know if every state has rams. That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, though, like this is like my two weeks notice, Brent, because I obviously have a, a gift of naming school mascots. I mean, you have the Iowa State Grouchos, or was it the Grouch? Was it the Gauchos? What was that one? What was the thing, the, the hurricane thing? What was? It was, was gauchos, right? We play the pr- promo. It was a gaucho, no, I think. it wasn't a gaucho. Yeah, it wasn't a chose. I called them the chose. It was a derocho. Gaucho. It's gaucho. Is that a cool term to say? I don't have no oh, idea what you man. just did. You're right. All you might right. have just put your two-week notice oh, in. Oh, no. I hope that's not a bad word. I don't think it derachos. is. Yeah, derachos. Yeah, derachos. Isn't like San Diego, not San Diego State. There's like, I thought gauchos is like... Cal Santa oh, Barbara, yeah. Santa hey, Barbara, or something. Good. We're it's good. A, yeah, man. <laughs> we're right. we're, we're so FCC's fine. Everybody chill no out. No fines so, coming your way. Uh, so, yeah, group. so a, gaud, a gaucho is a skilled horseman. Okay. Reputed to be brave and unruly. Okay. Uh, they're a national symbol of Argentina and, and, and Uruguay. So there you go. All right. So culture here. So, in so you're quitting and becoming a mascot namer. Mascot namer. Yes, sir. Very good. That's yeah. one heck of a title. Put that one down. Mascot namer. Yeah. Put it. Put it in the ZipRecruiter or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. I'm a mascot namer. Nah. Add that to your Twitter handle. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. From second grade up until about eighth grade, when I got asked what I wanted to be, you know, like some kids want to be like an astronaut or a fireman. I wanted to be a mascot. Like I, I seriously, oh, really? I had an obsession with being the mascot, and then I found out that well, you don't really get paid for that, and I kind of ventured in, in a new direction. Ah, uh, interesting. Let's get to Steven. He's been hanging around for a while. Uh, <laughs> uh, Steven, what's up, man? Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. We'll talk a little Minshew. Hey, not too much. Thought you guys forgot about me. Sorry. We're talking about uh, gauchos right. and derachos. Oh, and- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know. It's all right. Uh, I got my opinion here. Uh, game plan-wise, they need to up it. Syndicate leader right there has it perfect. you got to establish the run, control the clock, <sighs> and you keep Matthew Stafford off the field because Minshew ain't going to win a gunslinging match with him. Keep <sighs> your defense off the field. Keep him off the field. But, I mean, honestly, with what we're seeing with Minshew, and this is just my opinion, like I said last week, his two-minute drills are flawless. And Brent said it. In two-minute drill, you don't overthink things. You go with the flow. And when you think about Gardner Minshew and his personality, he seems like a go-with-the-flow kind of guy. He just goes with it, doesn't overthink things. And coos, here's some information from three married men in the room. If there's an argument ensuing, tap out, my friend. Tap yeah. out and let oh, yeah. the woman be right. Yeah. Tap yeah. out. Thanks, Stephen. Appreciate the marital Better advice. Better have a comfortable couch because you'll be sleeping on it. Don't worry about wow. it. Wow, I mean, that was out of left field a little bit. I like Bring that. It up I was so your, nervous. Your, your engagement. <laughs> I like that, I've been nervous a couple of times. Well, we, got a, we got a text from Nick that yeah. said, I was really nervous where you guys were going right what, there. What? But we're thankfully, good. we... Gauchos is okay to say. Everybody relax, yeah. We're doing a little informational stuff here. Everyone's panicking. We we have a dump button for a reason. I will say. Yeah, yeah it's only eight seconds, that so we were past that, that point. Been a, yeah, people that would have been a pull the plug. Oh, no, you just got to talk about something else. On LeBron James, real quick. Boom, boom, boom. Snap your fingers. LeBron James yeah. over here. Check well, it out. While we're Googling if what we said is okay. It's, yeah, it's probably better to Google before we say. Yeah, yeah. A uh, little lesson. Oh, um, real one fact. So you know how I know the word gaucho? Remember we had that work meeting at... Uh, the Brazilian steakhouse place? Yeah, we did. So the people that waited on us, they're called gauchos. 
That's where I got that from. They're, they're referred to, it says right here, they're referred to as gauchos. So the, the gauchos so it's a prepare, Brazilian term? Yeah, so the gauchos prepare the food and serve it to you. There you go. There you Brazilian go. Brazilian steakhouse. I got really excited there. I just want to make sure. That's good. Yeah. Gosh, I'm hungry now. Yeah, right? My mouth is watering. Speaking I just of hungry. Yeah. I got, did, do we have a question I, to answer, by the way? We just did. Okay, that was it. All right. Speaking of hungry, I've had... First time I've had stuffed shells in forever. Yeah. And I got to give a shout out to Miss Jamie, Miss Jamie Grant. Yeah, yeah. It's the craziest thing, right? Yeah. I come home the other night and we've got like this pan full of stuffed shells. Yeah, that's right? awesome. Well, Steph tutors mm-hmm. her son. Yeah. And uh, so sometimes she'll come over and she'll bring like left. She'll, apparently she just makes, there's only three of them in the house, but she makes a ton of food. Yeah, so sometimes yeah. she'll just bring it over and we like finish it. Yeah, yeah. And she knows we don't cook much. Yeah. So, well, I mean, it's like a full sheet of stuffed shells. I like I'm like, it. Steph, did they not like them? Like, did they not even try them? <laughs> something wrong with them? She's like, no, she made like three different sheets of it for three of them. So she just always makes extra. Dang, man. So here it is. Good for you guys. I was like, so anybody else need a tutor? Uh, Steph's available. It would just cost well, you dinner. And, and now you know how I feel on a about weekly it, basis. And we had this conversation. You didn't warm it up the right way. And I well, got an issue with that. I know. I had to give a shout-out to Miss Jamie first. Yeah, but, for sure. But this is the real story. Yeah, man. So today we're in a meeting Yeah. with, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, but we, we met with a lot of salespeople. <laughs> and, and we start, met, it, it's, it's like this getting to know you. It was yeah, actually good. Like getting I, to know you. Know, it's kind of one of those things where, to be let's be honest, like you get to meet and you're like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be such a waste of time. <laughs> right? It really is. I feel like they know who you are already. Oh, they know who I am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so... And probably not in a good way, but they, uh, but anyway, so like we were talking about it after it's like, it was actually really cool. Like it was good to meet a lot of the different personalities yeah. and people. I had and, some good laughs. And especially now, cause you don't see anybody like you Correct. really have no idea who works here anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so, so anyway, it was a good meeting, but in the meeting, somehow it came up about microwaving pizza. Yeah. Jules, Jules, that was, uh, she was spearheading the meeting. Yes. Brought it up. Yeah. So I don't know how she heard about you microwaving oh, pizza. Oh, I was talking to her in the kitchen one day. I, like, oh. I, I came across her and we got like on another, st- I didn't know who she was. And she introduced herself. She's like, hey, I'm a big fan of the show. I'm like, cool. Thank you. And then I didn't know that was actually her until like we talked, you know, like we yeah. had the meeting. Like, oh, that was you. Okay. <laughs> but uh, we, we were in the kitchen and I was warming up some food. We got in the conversation about pizza and do you microwave pizza or not? And the the correct answer is yes, you do microwave pizza. She was from the the prerogative that you put it in the, in the oven. In which case, you have to get off your high horse and say no, you don't put the pizza in the oven. It's pizza. Just put it in the microwave. Put a glass of water in there, and it takes care of the business. Well, it, it's uh, it was interesting that you said that because mm-hmm. I had this thought the other day, and I was eating. Mm-hmm. Well, it'd be a shameless plug for Donato's Pizza, mm-hmm. but I was eating Donato's Pizza. It's never a shameless plug. And uh, I was. And like I like, I've said this before. I like the cold pizza, and and yeah. so I don't mind the cold pizza at all. I actually like, like it. Grow up, but okay, go on. So uh, we're not in college anymore. I know, but yeah. so I was thinking of this. I genuinely, this was because like, I this was just in the house. I was eating cold pizza. I'm like, maybe I should heat it up. Now nah, mm. you're just being lazy. No, I don't like it. Like I would rather have like the second day pizza oh. cold than I would heat it up. Yeah. Like no, seriously. I, like yeah, this I is. Know, I, but, I would but, rather but have Neanderthals, though, Brent. Right? Why? Like, think it about it. It tastes better. No, it does. That's you, why you, you can't you, microwave pizza. Brent, is my point. Brent, did you go to do you go to a pizzeria and be like, hey, you know what? Just go ahead and put it in the fridge, put it in the freezer for twenty minutes after it's done, and I'll take <laughs> well, care of it from the here. Freezer. Well, well, that's what, like, <laughs> you like cold pizza. Like, no, well, man. No, if you go get pizza 
and the pizza is hot and it you know and it gets delivered or you go sure, get it well yeah. then pizza's good warm yes, but if it you is. have to the next day heat it up yeah because it's, it's soggy. not because it's soggy i don't know what it is it's not good it's i'd rather have it cold it okay. tastes better cold well next time you want to try the pizza and maybe have a little more crispy texture to it do what i said to do take a, a cup of, of, of water put it in the microwave with your slice of pizza stand back and watch the magic that ensues all right uh, I'm gonna say. I, and I will say this, until you just told me about the stuffed shells warming them up and yeah. putting a, a glass, of water, glass in there, of water in there, I had never heard that. Yeah, go and Google it. It's a real thing. And explain why. I mean, you really put me on the spot like that. So listen. Well, just tell me what. Okay, tell well, me, I got a D minus in high school in chemistry. It doesn't so. matter if it's wrong or right. Okay. Who's gonna, do you think people are really going to call in and say Austin's wrong about this? ESPN 690 was trying to make it. All right, so check this out, everybody. So, like, by my understanding... And keep in mind who's understanding this is. It's me. Uh, but my understanding of microwave's job, it's that it takes the molecular structure of the food and it sucks the moisture out of it. So, like, it kind of vibrates the moisture, and that's what actually heats up your meal. It's not so much that it's hot in a microwave, but it affects the water molecules in your food. If you take a cup of water and put it in the microwave with, like, a pizza or pasta or something like that, the microwave, for whatever reasons, focuses more on the molecules in the glass of water than it does on your food. So the, the water and the condensation in your food that's supposed to get, you know, like mixed up and everything, it doesn't get as mixed up, but it still gets heated up. And in doing so, it doesn't create things that are so soggy and they're still crisp. Once again, I encourage everybody to look it up. Don't listen to me. Just look it up. Put a bottle, a uh, glass of water in with your ne- next microwavable item. Yeah. Well, if it, yeah, I mean, if it's like a pasta or a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm going to do it. Yeah. Try it. I want to see it. Yeah. I mean, Google, once again, Google it. I didn't do it, and the stuffed shells were fine. We, we had a comment from Ryan Smith, Austin. People from Rhode Island are weird like that. My wife eats this party pizza, which is cold. It's a thing up here. Yeah, and tell them that it's probably got no cheese on it. It's just sauce and bread, and it's awesome. Confirm that. I'm done. It's awesome. I'm done. By the uh, way, Jags made a trade for a linebacker. Yeah, I'll tell you pizza, about it you when you we come back. dough and sauce? It's awesome. It's fantastic. Dough sauce. It's, it's great. Like, what, what is wrong with you people? More on the Jags trade for a linebacker, apparently, on ESPN 690. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.